Hi, I'm Joel Ingram. I'm Jeremiah again. And I'm Alfredo Solivan. And this is The, the Gays. The show where we talk about everything from politics to pop culture to... Palindromes. Palindromes. I think we've done palindromes before. Oh, no. Have we? Oh, <laughs> oh well. palindromes it is well here's the thing here's some fun palindromes i mean the oh, we words, prepared the world's longest palindrome is actually a finish for dealer in lie and it's saipua kivikaupias or something like that s-a-i-p-p-u-a-k-i-v-i-k-a-u-p-p-i-a-s but other fun palindromes are like a I dog jeremiah just cursed us <laughs> i do like um these sentence palindromes a dog, a panic, and a pagoda. A lot new I saw as I went on to L.A. A man, a plan, a canal. Panama. Or like race car. Sure. That's a a Toyota. Car, race it? fast, safe car, a Toyota. Oh All palindromes. God. Fantastic. Anyway, hi. Well, if Hello. we haven't a palindrome before, they weren't nearly as prepared as you were for that <laughs> one. So there's that. You're welcome. Well, no, your ears are not uh, deceiving you. We do have two guest co-hosts today, although they are not strangers to the podcast. We have Jeremiah and Alfredo. Hello. Hi, hi. everybody. Luke uh, was uh, unavailable today. He is actually uh, under house arrest for crimes against fashion. Oh. Uh, oh. But <laughs> you think he'll hear that? he's not going to hear that. We're just kidding. It's a mean, nasty no. No. Look in town. That's the revolutionary costume for today. (laughs) (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. No, he has other commitments. Yes. Uh, But we wish him a speedy recovery from that accident. And um, (laughs) they say he will walk again. So that's good. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to like this. Uh, We love you, Luke. I'm great. I'm I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm swell. Just swell. Just swell. Uh, anybody watching anything? Anything exciting? I mean, I know what... Mm. Alfredo and I uh, are partners and live together, so I know what he's watching. I should, full disclosure. Um, I'm going through two series of things that really I should have already been going through. Number yeah. one puberty. is... Yeah, puberty. Well, if you heard my intro <laughs> in The Gaze, it was like, The Gaze! So yes, puberty. Um, but one is 30 Rock. I've never watched 30 Rock mm. from beginning to end. I've seen like episodes here and there. I haven't either. And let me tell you, it is so freaking funny love it yes I, I i watched it as it aired it's so good it's making me like very happy in these dark times yeah. um the second is i have always been opposed i don't know why but like to superhero movies the marvel oh. universe i've never <laughs> understood it it's opposed. not opposed it's not been my thing but like i really want to watch wandavision and understand all the deep dives in it and so <laughs> i have started watching the marvel universe and i am up to the avengers movie and let me tell you i think i am convinced i like them i I really like them you're watching them in chronological order chronological not order of release right i'm now that they've been out some people have like made lists on the internet of like this is the order so i started with captain america you know Mm. that's how i did it too because i binged it during early covid oh yeah that gave me something to do (laughs) i'm loving it it's great who knew great like there's a whole Time cinematic Easter. universe that I have completely missed out on. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it now. I thought you'd be they're, proud. They're easy. They're like such easy movies to watch. Yeah. So, so it's like they can just be on uh, and you'll totally get what's going on. Yeah. I don't know, but I am someone, I don't know about you guys or listeners out there like at us in at what is the gays at pod. The gays pod. 
Are you the kind of person, though, that like when you watch a movie or TV show, like you have to watch it and you're like mad if people around you aren't watching it? Or are you like casual watchers? It depends on what. But yeah, it, is. it depends on what the movie is. I definitely am more of the former. Like I couldn't just put on the Marvel Universe and like mm-hmm. be doing other Go things. About your day. Yeah, no, I have to like watch it. There are now that I've seen like the Golden Girls a thousand times, I can put that on casually. But generally, if I'm watching something like I'm watching it. Okay. Oh, no. See, I am a big like TV multitasker. Like I'll, I'll play a crossword and watch a TV show. Mm. It, it wasn't. Other, but not for everything. Like Game of Thrones was like phones down, lights off. We're watching this and only. Doing oh, sure. This right yeah. Now. There's certain shows you have to like. Yeah. Yeah. But pay uh, attention to. some stuff you just it's you can digest it without really having to commit your yeah. full attention to well, it. Since I have no knowledge of the Marvel universe, I'm really trying to like zero in as if I watched him in a movie theater or something. Well, ironically mm-hmm. you did kind of just read me unbeknownst to you. Cause I was, <laughs> I was going to say before you asked that question about binging the Marvel movies, I would like just knock out like three in a day. And I still will think about things. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> essentially, especially the second Avengers movie, age of Ultron. I still don't like, I could not tell you what that movie's about. I know, like, but something about Sokovia, and there was a oh, machine. Oh, don't, no, 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 don't. Spoilers. La, I, la, la, well, la, it's, la. Again, it's like 10 years ago. And I just told you I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's true. Just like, true, true, true. I know the broad, like, stroke of it, but, like... Well, maybe I'll, like... I, sh- I should maybe re Maybe we'll have, it. like, a viewing party when I get to the Avengers 2. Oh, maybe. yeah, I'm into that. Okay. Okay. Great. Alfredo, awesome. what are you watching? Um, I felt like I was watching something, but now I don't remember what it was. Like, something without you. Pandemic brain. Um, but I don't remember what that was, and... I guess it wasn't all that good because I can't remember what it was. I am almost to the finish line of my major binge for, for late to mid to late COVID. Uh, I have almost watched all 15 seasons of a criminal mind. Stop it. I am halfway through the final season. That's it's like th- over 300 episodes. Wow. That's, yeah. a, that's a feat. I feel like I could yeah. catch any serial killer now. This is one of those shows where he like, He's playing a crossword puzzle while it's on. I don't know how you do crosswords and watch TV. When I do a he's crossword, not. He's I not. have he's, to do a cross. Like he's I'm only too... doing one. No, that's not true. <laughs> he's either watching it and catching like, oh, and especially because it's Criminal Minds and they have such a formula behind each mm-hmm. episode. Like, oh, you know what's going on, especially after 200 episodes. 300. Well, no, oh I'm saying gosh. like after 200 yeah. episodes, yeah. you know what's going on. You got on. the, you got the like you can do 50. something. And be like, oh, it's that. It's probably that guy who's the killer there because this, that, and the other Such thing. Such a pattern. Yeah. I'd yeah. be like, listen, this person's attacking women in their late twenties. Uh, it's a white man, middle class. Uh, probably has some sort of speech impediment. Hated then, his mother. Then next scene, some guy walks in. He's like, uh, hello. I'm like, he did it. He did it. Okay. He well, did it. We're he did it. He did that. it. He did it. He did it. I know. Anybody no, but know they will say great? those things. Like they can like get down to like the brass tacks of like this man probably has a uh, physical deformity that Joel makes just him. Said all people with speech impediments oh, God, I knew crimes. he was going to say that. <laughs> In that case. Well, if our... that's the case, then your lisp is going to get me murdered. <laughs> Work. Welcome to Marriage Counseling. I'm Jeremiah Ginn, and I have uh, my special guests, Alfredo Sullivan and Joel Ingram, talking about their uh, relationship today. How is it going? I just gave you the let. Could you tell us your qualifications for relationship counselor? Zero, because I am V-single. I'm like Bobby and company. Like, I observe everyone. And I know, I oh, know what it's like. That's such a dream role. I want to do that. Oh, so same. Bad. And I'm almost, <laughs> and so I could potentially be the right age to play it. See, I, I see you more as the uh, Elaine Stritch character. I mean, very yes. <laughs> Everybody rise! rise! Just yelling at everyone. That's I how it. I feel currently. But that's you, you need to have 
been through four divorces in order to play that character. Yeah. And be rich. And be rich. Well, and listen, does anybody still wear a hat? You're, You're wearing, wearing a hat. Wearing right a hat. <laughs> I am. I am. I am. This is a visual podcast medium, as you can tell. And I am wearing a hat. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, hi. Just bringing you all the musical theater references like you do every week. Absolutely. And if you can't tell, we are ready to fight. Uh, uh, Jeremiah basically already picked up a glass of sangria and smashed it on the ground. So um, My elbow brushed it. Tensions are running high. Tensions are high. I, I ruined their wine glass set. I apologize. I'm getting them a new one eventually. It was passed down from Target to me, okay? <laughs> Family heirloom. Family heirloom. <laughs> Um, we are drinking our uh, early St. Patrick's Day cocktail. Top of the St. Patrick's Day to ya. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I think Alfredo just gave me the biggest the death glare. <laughs> the, uh, is, what, 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 what did we decide? The Joe Biden's the... pot of gold or the something, jo- right? <laughs> Sure, the Joe Biden's pot of gold. You have to say it with the accent, though, because it's not O'Brien or yeah. something. It's the Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Yes. I'm not good at it. I am Irish, though, so that helps. Oh, great. Yep. I'm not. Joe Biden's uh, pot of gold, don't you know? Oh, no, no that's probably a Minnesota too little thing too late. Again. We should have done something with like stimulus check. Oh, like it's green for Irish and money and yeah. stimulus check. Well, let's just say it's that. It's a pun. Yeah, there, there you go. It's, it's the Joe Biden stimulus yeah. check. Joe Biden stimulus gold. There, yeah. Oh, there. Oh, there Joe we Biden's go. gold already was that. Damn. Oh, well, okay. But We're really, we really brought our A game today. <laughs> 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 well, uh, that's that's a lot of rambling up front. So let's let's just go ahead and let's get these, dive in. these things started. Well, uh, as I'm sure you're all aware, and we certainly couldn't possibly forget if we tried, um, we had a very special birthday this this last week. Yeah, uh, yeah. COVID turned one. <laughs> it was the one year anniversary or birthday of uh, the World Health Organization announcing coronavirus had officially become an international pandemic yeah it's like that global. really you know she birth- went global those yeah. birthday parties were like your first birthday parties when you finally get to eat cake yeah except i've been doing that for a year so <laughs> it's not really a, like first time eating cake yeah well now you have a reason to eat the cake i did i not but i feel like we've had reasons to eat the cake and now that and i have pounds of reasons now of what i've eaten Girl, I'll Your take pounds. two. <laughs> Dreams. I'm also, bigger than you are. That's my way. Uh, to we're not getting into that. <laughs> we bleep uh, out that. How feel? Uh, does it feel like it's only been a year, or does it feel like it's been a hundred years, eighty-four years? You know, it does feel like it's only been a year for me specifically. I had this weird feeling back in the in the when summer was ending and like a fall fall was officially beginning, because for me, COVID exists in the summer for some reason. Hmm. Like in my head, I oh. associate quarantining with summertime because we, you know, because it was in the middle of March, things were getting warmer. And then like we were really like in quarantine. It was right over. when it started to warm up. Yeah. Uh, and so I, and so my brain has compartmentalized COVID with summer. like warm weather. And yeah. we did have really warm weather this last week in New York City. Right. Which was and beautiful. so it just feels like odd to like it, we, the the winter was weird it was like we're still doing this yeah oh it's not summertime it definitely Why it feels it like a year anymore? and it feels like a lifetime and it feels like it was yesterday yeah that's that's truly how i feel it feels like it feels like five years and one day yeah at the same time it's pretty crazy to think about what we were doing a year ago and it's it definitely for me well, it brought up a was. lot of like ptsd and i've never 
really experienced that in my life. And it was it was an interesting week. There was a lot of darkness. But then also for me, there was a lot of light. I'm happy to share that uh, on the anniversary of the show that I was doing getting closed down, uh, I was able to get vaccinated. And it's kind of been a really emotional couple of days for me. So it's, it's been like a sad anniversary. And yet at the same time, it's mm-hmm. felt hopeful. That's great. Oh, yeah, I got my vaccination last Saturday when we when you guys were recording. I wasn't I wasn't here. And that was fun um <laughs> i had gotten an appointment just two days before and then i went in saturday my appointment was for 6 p.m i got there at 5 45 and i i didn't leave the javits center until 8 30 oh wow so that was a long time yeah to be at the javits center and especially because i don't know did you tell your story no i also got my vaccine uh a week ago last friday yeah the day before me yeah and uh i i went my appointment was at 9 a.m and it was so surreal walking to the job at center uh, or as i like call it the um hillary clinton memorial oh, center gosh. um yeah. <laughs> yeah get over it, it talk about it, a glass ceiling it, that's still, still there yeah oh yeah still intact <laughs> um i walked in and it was just like a loudspeaker being like hello you're okay we're all in this together. Wash your hands. Stay six feet apart. And I was like, this is fucking freaky. Because everyone's by themselves. Everyone has like their paperwork. It was yeah. very surreal. Really? You had people by... Most of the people around me were in groups. Oh, no. I, saw, I think I saw one or two sets of like a couple walking together. No, most everyone, of everyone was... around me was a couple. And people were respecting... Because you, you had a different story. But in my morning, everyone was respecting the six foot. People were no. not on top of each other. No, not at my line. Not in yeah, my line. My line wasn't my line. super spaced either. Yeah, they but were. I'm just grateful I got it. It. I've talked about it like three or four times to different people since then, and every time I've cried. So I'm gonna try not to cry now. But okay. it just there. I I'm not normally. Don't cry. Uh, I know. <laughs> you scared me. I'm not normally like a dark person. You guys know me. I'm a pretty it's not happy. A <laughs> I'm a pretty like positive, upbeat person, but like there's definitely been this year has brought a lot of darkness in my life and I just felt a lot of anger and I haven't been able to work through it. And for the first time after putting that shot in my arm, I felt like movement inside me in a way and like light coming through. Huh? That was the microchip. Yes. Yes. That was the microchip (laughs) worming its way around. No. So I just I'm feeling good. And also like hearing Biden's speech this week was really wonderful to. to oh, yeah. Well, well. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, we got what our first presidential address in, in four five years, years five four years. years? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was definitely his first in his uh, 50 days of office at the time. Or yeah. Something like I think that, it's, right? he's at like 54 now, 55. Yeah. Um, it was a really great speech. I thought that he really tempered hope with um, realism pragmatism pragmatism yeah he opened with you know talking about the number of deaths which is now past 520 something the number of desks deaths (laughs) the number of desks i did love he's like we have so many desks (laughs) i did love not that this is this shouldn't be funny but there was a time when the deaths were 525,600 and i thought and there's like oh it gives whole new meaning to the song and Uh i couldn't help but chuckle and i felt terrible about it but he started out talking about memorializing those that we've lost and talking about what we've done and where we've come from. But then he also gave the hope that by July 4th, hopefully we can see somewhat of a sense of normalcy. Mm -hmm. But he also said, we can't do it unless he's like, I can't do this alone. This is something that all Americans have to do together. We need to continue to wear masks, continue to distance to get vaccinated. And at the same time, gave us the goal that every American adult will be eligible by May 1st. 
So great things. I'm the, really hoping he's right about like speech. life being back to normal by July 4th. Because I feel like we, especially we as New Yorkers, we need to know that we are safe to go out into the streets and find those motherfuckers who are blasting fireworks during the summer <laughs> and kill them with yes. our bare hands. Oh my gosh, last and, year was... Yeah, exactly. Bad. Oh, exactly. Last year, if you're not from New York, if you're listening somewhere else... It's going to be bad again. It was hell on earth. It was just... It sounded like we were living in a fucking war zone. And it wasn't even just July 4th. No, no, no. It, no, no. Was, it was the It was every day summer. leading up till... No, I feel like it teetered off after July 4th. It did a little bit, yeah. But it was still around. But it wasn't even... Like, from, from March 13th until July 4th, it was every single day, all day long. It, just fireworks. It was insanity. And, like, yeah. not just, like... The little ones, like big booming window shaking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, poor Louise. Car alarm was, going off. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, uh, that, what's with car alarms these? Like, <laughs> is has when's the last time a car alarm has really done like the work to keep it from being stolen? Never. Like it's just there to annoy everyone. <laughs> At least in New York City, it's like oh, car alarms going off. Exactly. Like call the police. Yeah. Oh no. Right. <laughs> but like poor Louise would just sit there shaking. We got a weighted yeah. blanket to like lay across her. Aww. It was a traumatic summer. Uh, yeah, but I'm with you. I really yeah. hope that we're we're seeing more of a sense of normalcy. But again. If for all you listeners out there, it is not just up to the government; it is up to us. So let's. Oh, I think it's part. more up to us. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's up especially, to us all as individuals, especially to, people to in thing. states where they necessarily aren't taking it as seriously and saying, "Yeah, let's open up." I.e., Texas, Missouri, <coughs> Montana, all those states that you know are being dumb. Ohio, Mississippi, Wyoming. No, they're just listening states. <laughs> Oh, the Virgin <laughs> Islands. Well, that was actually one thing in the speech that I really did appreciate um, that Biden did. He was very inclusive. He said not only every county, every state, but he talked about tribes and the nations and the islands. So it wasn't just the congruous 48 United States, but all of our territories. He included everybody in that speech. And he very um, directly condemned hate speech and actions against those of our Asian American community as well. It was really a powerful. Well done speech. And, and really put him in stark contrast to that fucking douchebag Donald Trump oh who released gosh. that letter that was like, <laughs> oh, the letter. Uh, if you're getting a vaccine, remember, uh, for COVID-19, which some people call the China virus. The China virus. It's like you... You, uh. you have to be racist within like 30 words. Like, yeah, there's like some <laughs> racist threshold he has to hit. He's like, OK, I've, I've got 15 words. How many of them can I? How make many racist? references can I make? It's just so pathetic. Donald and, Trump, you are a pathetic loser. Yeah. A racist, bigoted, pathetic loser. And the whole thing of like, if it wasn't for me, we wouldn't even have the vaccine. And look. Oh, I can. I'm, no, I'm going to say credit, I, credit I this on Twitter. <laughs> I'm going to say it here. I think we all as people should take the lead from most banks in the world and not give Donald Trump any credit. I hear that. I mean, credit where credit is due, as far as the administration spearheading the development of vaccines. He himself didn't make it. it the original vaccines we got weren't even from, like, American companies, you know? Like I think you missed Pfizer. my joke on the fact that he, yeah, we none of the banks are giving Donald Trump credit because oh, he's worthless I and has no money. A line of credit. A line of but, credit. But, you know, he didn't put out a, a plan Jokes for Jokes are best mass. when you explain them to people, <laughs> I found. Really he adds the humor to be like, now why that was funny was Donald Trump's broke. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, he didn't have a mass vaccination plan. It was like, it got up to, like, the essential hospital workers and the Biden administration had to fill in all the blanks. So he didn't right. even publicize him 
because like a piece of shit that he is, he and his, you know, mail and order bride got their vaccinations in secret. In secret. And Didn't was, do anything to support public yes. confidence. Yeah. There was a bipartisan um, push by all the former presidents to like encourage vaccinations if you're eligible. Yeah. And I'm sure it's just he didn't want to show everyone his flabby, ugly, fucking zit-covered <laughs> arms. Ew, ew. Uh, you know, like it's got that like rash from rubbing together. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, like my thighs? <laughs> well, yeah, my, yeah, that's my job, bro. But, <laughs> but I'd still show a picture of my getting vaccinated in my thigh if that's what it took. And True. If I knew my ugly thigh was going to get a billion followers to, you know, take a vaccine, then yeah, show your ugly thighs. But my thighs are beautiful. Hashtag. Show your chafe, ugly thighs. Chafe, but beautiful. Chafe, but beautiful. <laughs> My thighs are beautiful. No matter what they say. Oh, Chabrab won't bring, bring them down. down. Okay, oh, we're getting off topic. Beautiful, uh, beautiful, um, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, so do you think uh, once the world gets back to normal, quote unquote normal, uh, do you think we'll carry with us a lot of lessons from COVID? Or do you no. think a year later, exactly, <laughs> every thought's going to go? No, not a one. I, I not that me. I personally. mean the collective we. Uh, yeah, I know. I know what you meant. I'm saying it for the the listeners. <laughs> I I don't. I you know Americans and and people in general are really really bad about learning lessons. Just inherently selfish too. Yeah, it, like I don't believe any lessons will be learned or at least kept uh, after this is all said and done. By the broad swath. Of yeah, them. by the broad swath of people. I think. I don't even think the government will have learned any lessons from it. No, I, I don't. Yeah. Certainly they, not Republicans. Because no, they, oh, haven't. they didn't. They didn't make a single vote. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. What about you? No, I, I, I have. I think I tend to agree with Alfredo, but it's it's partly because of how politically driven a lot of the narrative behind mm-hmm. COVID was, and how divided our country became over the last four years. Right. That I don't think any of the lessons that we could have learned could have break through that zeitgeist. You know. Yeah. I mean, but it they, the lessons seem so obvious. Like, I, I know Alfred and I talked about the other day. It's like, oh, we haven't been sick for a year. I guess yeah. wearing a mask and washing our hands every it, single time yeah. we, we get home or oh, leave yeah. the house. No, I saw, not touching our face. Like there, that. We, we've really barely even had much of a flu season. Yeah. yeah. Which makes me want to, like, go to all the anti-maskers and be like, here's your proof of why masking works. They won't take that. they like, it's a government. Yeah, uh, it was a it was conspiracy. Conspiracy. You don't see the numbers. And Joe Biden's actually become a movie theater. He's not even the president right now. Have you heard that one? Oh, that he's in like a projection or something. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting like it's like first we had uh, hologram Tupac, now it's hologram president oh, Joe Biden. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot what you were saying. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it seems like the flu. Uh, they'll just anti-mask maxers, maxers, anti-maskers <laughs> and maxers put together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll just say they're they're not reporting the numbers. That's why the numbers are down. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Right. That's totally what they'll say, a thousand percent. Um, and sadly, it feels like most of them are. I hate to make this generalization, but Republican, which well, of would explain, of course, why none, not a single one, voted for the relief bill, which was the passing of the yeah. relief bill this past week. Not a and single the Republican in Congress. Yeah, not a one. Well, in the Senate, I think there were a, were there a couple. No, not even in, in not when it went back to the House, not a single oh, one either. Work. Um, and that was actually the purpose of the address was to commemorate it becoming law because it passed in the Senate mm-hmm. with fifty-one votes. Thank you, Kamala Harris, and it passed in the House with the Democratic majority, and then President Biden signed it into law. Right. And so that was kind of the reason for the speech. 
But it's like, what makes me mad is that the people who don't believe in COVID, who haven't been doing their part, they're going to be the beneficiaries of these $1,400 checks and of the extra unemployment benefits. And it's like, I hope you know that when you get that, that was given to you not by your representatives and by the people that you voted for. That was given to you by the people that you are forever decrying and yelling against. Yeah, Absolutely. but those are the same people who are like, oh, no handouts. But, you know, we'll, we'll well, very take, quietly yeah. take that $1,400 check and deposit, well, it'll, you know, probably direct deposit into their bank yeah, and use it for whatever they need it for. All the camera they can find. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just so stupid it's I it's I just like it's I, big every day I, I talk about it i bring up and i just like hate how stupid it is it's just like yes. i don't understand why republicans republicans in in office do this like i don't understand why they don't actually want to help people yeah. i don't understand like i feel like the easy thing to do is to just give everybody fourteen hundred dollars and like take the credit for it i i just don't i don't know and the, but maybe yeah, it's because i don't fully they are they, yeah well, i don't no. fully understand politics so it's like i just i just don't no, understand I get, I get the they're thinking behind all of it yeah. i imagine like someone's drowning they're in a pool and they're drowning and there's two lifeguards one's like i'm gonna i'm gonna grab them and i get them out of the water and and i'm gonna carry them like to the streets so of this ambulance would be right there. Someone could argue he's helping them too much. Sure. But the other lifeguard's like, no, he that's too much. Let him drown. Let him, let him, let so him try it goes on for, Oh, it seems like that was the big argument. Oh no, we're helping them too much versus, well, then don't help them at all. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, if I'm going to pick one or the other, I'm going to help you too much. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I don't I mean, understand. It was, and they, and, and um, let me just say real quick. Sorry, uh, I don't think we're helping them too much. With yeah, that. No, that, I think that, we're uh, still not helping enough. Uh, I didn't understand the reasoning that Democrats had to negotiate the bill down to fourteen hundred dollars. Just the fourteen hundred dollars. Excuse me, the checks part negotiated the it down. Yeah, only for Republicans all to still vote no on it. Yeah, like what? Well, and it was interesting too that they they always are crying this unity thing, and Biden did listen, and and they brought a bill, but it was. I think, oh, don't call me on this, billion. $600, billion, 600 I think. Billion. And that just isn't, it's a fraction versus trillion. the $1.9 trillion the 1. Yeah. of what is actually needed. And so it I just- I want to jump in real quick just to answer his question. Yeah. About, they, I don't, I think that's a kind of a false narrative. Oh, they, they negotiated it down for Republicans. They didn't do that. They negotiated it down uh, for, for other Democrats. For the there's the moderate, Democrats. there's Joe yeah. Manchin, yes. Kristen Sinema, and I think eight great. other senators voted against the $15 minimum wage. Like so, it wasn't yeah. like oh, we're doing this for Republicans. They they literally did it just for like the handful of of the moderate Democrats, Democrats in the Senate. Yeah. And so we we and did they lose. still voted no. No, those they no, still they, voted. I'm <laughs> they, they, all fifty Democrats. I'm kidding. We got them. We got them. No, but so we lost. Let's talk about that bill. So we did lose the fifteen dollar minimum wage. Yep. I think they lowered the threshold for the checks. Mm -hmm. Um, they lowered the unemployment benefits amount, and I think they but extended it. Yeah, but, but I think they also changed the they date. It, right. I think they wanted it to go to the end of September. It only is now September 6th. Yeah. So there were concessions made. It still came out, though, at $1.9 Um, And frankly, I applaud it. And I think that it's a pattern that we're going to see going forward of Republicans wanting to obstruct progress. And that's why we need to get rid of the filibuster. Oh, kill the filibuster. Take that filibuster Sorry, we're going everywhere in this political discussion about COVID. Shoot but Yeah. Anyway, but I applaud President Biden. I applaud the Democrats for getting this bill passed. I really hope that the Republicans, which I've already seen tweeting, being like, look at what we did for America. I'm like, you mean what the Democrats did for America because you voted no. Absolutely. Yeah, I, but I again, hope that they, I, they, it, they pay the political price in two years when their seats are up. They won't. I know um, they won't. If, but, just, 
It, yeah, it just baffles me that Republicans are voting no on this bill, but uh, but where's the Republicans' proposed bill? Well, they were proposed like, that $600 billion, 10 of them. 10 Republicans went to Joe Biden and said, we have this bill, because they only need 10 Republicans. If 10 yeah, Republicans come on board, that's bill. 60, it's, it's filibuster-proof. Yeah, got it. Um, but it was so incredibly lacking. It, yeah, it, well, you know, I mean, $600 billion is a fraction of one point nine trillion. Like, what did they think that money was gonna do? It wasn't. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, oh, we are helping. Here, 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 are pennies for everybody. Yeah, we're helping. It just wasn't enough, and and I'm just really glad this isn't that enough. Passed. It's still, but it's gonna be more. It's gonna be more than we could have gotten probably, or that uh, more than we ever would have gotten under yeah. Republicans. And I, I'm, I'm positive. I feel positive Whatever. about it. I'm also yeah. the the um. The chaotic person. I've said, I think I said this a couple of podcasts ago when I was on. The chaotic person in me is like, let it all burn. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I am not that way. I'm very much. Let it all burn. I very, very much back on that. I'm like, no, 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 no. You will still show up and vote. Yeah. Like, that's, and that's what, what's sad about it is that's what Republicans want. Republicans want Democrats, especially progressive Democrats, to be like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. Let it all burn. I'll No, that, what I mean. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're that. T- but that's what they want. They yeah, want- sure. But what I, I don't mean don't vote. What I mean by let it all burn, and I don't mean like uh, the House and the Senate to burn. I mean, no, like, that's Republicans who wanted that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, let the world burn, essentially. <laughs> the chaotic person to me is like, you know what? Just let it all burn, and then let's fight it out. Let, let's oh, go. Oh, I kind of get what you're let's saying. Let's go like, to let it, like, let it fail. Like, and then... Come on, let's Mad Max it. Let's <laughs> just Mad Max it all. <laughs> I mean, I love that Alfredo's ready to strap spikes on cars like Mad Max. <laughs> that was my mad joke. The Wi-Fi is not working in the, in the bedroom. <laughs> Well, oh you know, God. if I had a, uh, a spikes on a car, then I wouldn't need internet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be busy. I'd be God. busy. <laughs> well, happy birthday, COVID. <laughs> well, uh, the Democratic chickens have come home to roost. Yes. Um, <laughs> we have our own scandal now. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah, you want to give us the uh, cluck cluck motherfuckers? Exactly, literally <laughs> cluck cluck motherfuckers. So we're talking about Mr. Cuomo. Uh, governor of New York. I don't know what the accent that is. <laughs> I'd say it's pretty strong force gump. Thank you. Um, Wasn't a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Our, our Democratic governor and former hero of the COVID pandemic, uh, his governorship is in peril at the moment as he faces allegations of groping, sexual harassment, and inappropriate behavior made by six different women. He's also facing an independent investigation into those accusations, an impeachment inquiry by state legislatures, a federal investigation into the handling of nursing homes during the pandemic, i.e. they covered up a lot of the deaths in order to avoid getting uh, condemnation from the Trump presidency and collapsing support from leaders in his own party. We've now had uh, our own senators, Gillibrand and Schumer, also call for his resignation. So mm-hmm. I guess I just wanted to open up and say, see what your guys' thoughts were. Do you think that all of this outrage and like calls for uh, resigning and impeachment are appropriate? Um. I I think it's appropriate. I I think that when you have all of these accusations against you and you're facing impeachment inquiries um and, and you know legal action is being taken against you based on these allegations you you have to resign. You can't you can't run our state as governor and deal with all of this. It's a lot. This. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. lot. You can't do both. And so I believe you he should resign, and, and I think it's fair to ask him to resign. I think it's fair to ask. Joel, what do you think about, should he resign? Should he be impeached? Do, I, what are your thoughts? I'm, I'm big on um, 
the investigation is being completed. Yes. Like Letitia is already looking into it. I'd love to see what that investigation um, yields. You know, I, I think it's fair to, to ask him to resign. It's fair to say, if these things are true, you need to resign. But I also think it's fair to be like, listen, how, how far out are we from the results of this investigation? Uh, let those results tell us, you know, which direction it goes. But, you know, I agree with what Alfredo said. Like, it's hard to govern when you're under such Embroiled an scandals. onslaught of uh, accusations and, and scandal. And I mean, so yeah, it, I mean, look at the Trump presidency. Not This is not me being like endorsing Mr. Trump, but like he was constantly embroiled in scandal. 99.9% of them brought on by himself <laughs> and he was constantly not governing because of it. And a lot of news coverage and stuff couldn't even get to the policy things, which weren't great anyway, because there was just so much. Well, but also Trump himself was not really pushing no. policy. He was not a policy. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I said. Like he know, wasn't, the policy he was slug. making wasn't great to begin with. So, um, yeah, the New Yorker had a really interesting article that kind of compounded all of these things because we have heard a lot about like the sexual allegations and we've had we have heard about the cover ups with the nursing homes. But um, this is what they said in The New Yorker. They said that though the multiple scandals erupting in Albany seem to toggle between sexualized harassment and evidence of mismanagement, what is emerging is, in fact, a single story that through the years of ruthless tactics deployed both within his office and against anyone he perceived as an adversary critic or competitor for authority, Cuomo has fostered a culture that supported harassment, cruelty, and deception. And many people are saying that they're kind of comparing Cuomo as being, because of the way that he would lie and be deceptive and be manipulative, that he's almost a democratic version of Trump. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts. Like, uh, no. But, uh, <laughs> but also... Um, um, the thing is, all of the Republicans rallied behind Trump, and Democrats, at least, for it, no reason. Yeah, for no, yeah. for no, for a uh, receivable reason, really, for us. But Democrats aren't um, rallying behind Governor Cuomo. Yes, I hear that, but does that not? But that's more on. That's more a comment on the, the Democratic Party. Like, but does that make him almost yeah, wh- similar? I feel like what you're saying is you're not saying like that. Cuomo's lifted up by Democrats the way that Trump's lifted up by Republicans. No, right. But you're saying he is a bully in the same manner. Or as do we Trump. think he's his but tactics the thing, were similar? I'm screaming. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. What made Trump who he is and was was his support. The fact yeah. that he, there were people behind him who were like, "Yeah, you're cool. You're doing it right." He was being uh, unchecked. Yeah, right. Uh, Cuomo doesn't have that, and so that's what makes them. Yeah, that's a that, big that, difference. That's a big yeah. difference. I also, in terms of what you asked, I, I feel like. People rallied behind Trump because he was a bigot and allowed them the space to be the worst version of themselves. So Republicans fell in line with that. People, I would say, really fell in line behind Andrew Cuomo because he really was taking the leads of the COVID uh, pandemic in New York and giving us information and leadership that we could not find anywhere else. Even if there were more deaths in nursing homes... Uh, and I, I think that probably what was happening there was a mistake, but uh, a forgivable mistake in terms of like, there was no leadership from anywhere and shit was going all over the place. I'm not surprised that things were a little bit worse than what was being yeah. shown to us, but that doesn't excuse it. And it's the cover up that really fucks it up. I think, you know, being um, transparent is always the right answer. But I, I feel like to say like, oh, you know, Cuomo's push- Cuomo was leading in a way that Donald Trump never did. Uh, and that, but that doesn't excuse if 
all of these allegations are true. It doesn't excuse any of it. Yeah. I and think, it also doesn't excuse the cover up. I just feel like, you know, that's, it's, it's a little bit apples and oranges. I think I agree with you. But the other aspect of it, if you're saying, oh, he's, he's like Trump cause he's a bully and he's very old school. I think that makes sense. He's a New Yorker. His, his father was a, the governor of New York. I'm sure they grew up with that sort of like, this is how you do it. You hit hard. And I'm not saying that's right. And so in that aspect, I can see what you mean a little bit. Yeah. But if we're talking about leadership and scandal, it's it's not the same thing. Yeah. And I think I agree with you. I think that they're in, in a time when we didn't feel like we had a lot of leadership. He was kind of this voice of reason and directness and it's honesty. In a time when we didn't have any leadership. Yeah, no, it's true. We didn't. And but, I, you know, I heard someone say earlier this week, it's like, oh, well, you know, he really led us through this difficult time and he did a good job. And like, it's, you know, since 9-11, we haven't had any, you know, kind of difficulty like this. So we should give him some slack. But it's like, look at who our mayor was during 9-11, Giuliani and or not our mayor, sorry, our governor. Or was he the mayor? He was the mayor. The mayor of New York he City. He was America's mayor. Yeah, and it was like, oh, and he brought us through 9-11 and all that, and he was praised for that, but like, look what he's become. Just because you did a good job getting us through a certain crisis or mm-hmm. passing a certain legislation doesn't necessarily take you off the hook. I mean, a lot of this bad behavior maybe has seemed normalized or even admired during his three terms, I think, because he has been very popular with the public. Um, and here's some of the reasons. Um, even his harshest critics are, are careful to acknowledge, you know, good things like um, the legalization of same-sex marriage in New York, his work to protect the nail salon workers, early expansion of Medicaid to undocumented immigrants. So there's been a lot of good things he does, but it's like, that's the question. It's like, does that excuse the bad behavior, the bullying, well, the, I would sexual say, the culture? And I would say no. no. <laughs> but even more than the sexual harassment, the culture of, of bullying, narcissism, and lying, does it does any of that, is it excused or how do we balance I mean, that? You know, it's like he did great things for us as far as leading us through New York through the pandemic. But in the process, there were lies told about deaths and nursing, nursing homes and there was bullying and there was intimidation. Well, it's the same with Republican constituents saying like, oh, we're willing to forgive him being racist and bigoted yeah. because, you know, he's he saves us some money sometimes, maybe. No, it's a good point. But, yeah, but so he doesn't really. Yeah. No, but he didn't. Well, he didn't save me money. Yeah, so I guess it just comes down to I, it's politics. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, listen, as far as like narcissism, if, if you're actually doing good for like large swaths of people, if as long as the work is good, that's fine. Like if I helped you move just so I took a picture of myself helping you move, even if, if my heart was like, help move so you look good. And you can at the end of the day, your couch still got it in your new apartment. That is yeah. true. Like, I'm fine with that. The problem with Donald Trump's narcissism is he didn't ever really do anything good for anyone. He just wanted attention. In some ways, he acted out negatively because he thought that was getting him attention, you know? Yeah. And so I, think, I feel like... It, and I'm I think with, with Cuomo, the, the if, negative press he's getting about the, the bullying and the lying and the sexual harassment claims is that he's also kind of denying it and just kind of trying to brush it under the rug. It seems like... But he's also kind of oddly being smartly manipulated by being like, yeah, sure, investigate me and it'll be this like female commission and... I don't know. It's it's just an interesting conundrum that we find ourselves in. It's like we we've been holding Republicans and Donald Trump to account for the last couple of years. And it's like I feel like we are doing that here with Governor Cuomo. I think as Democrats, we hold everyone across the board. I mean, Al Franken got run out of the Senate without really an investigation. There was that freshman Democratic uh, representative in California who basically got like attacked with revenge porn. 
uh, right. because she she had an affair on the guy that she was formerly married to, and yeah. she she had to give up her her spot. We are not, you know, re- Republicans fall in line no matter what you do. Yeah, I mean, just look at Marjorie Taylor Greene, that <sighs> piece of shit. Like they don't give a fuck. So uh, you can't yeah. really say Democrats and won't. What, what's his name? The um the young Republican. Holly. Oh well, the Josh Hawley is one. No, Ted not. Cruz is another one. Uh, Madison Cawthorn is the yes. other one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking monsters in the Republican Party, they they will never go checked by their own party. Yeah. So so I support yeah. the checking. I guess all in all, what I'm saying is I support the investigations. I think we both kind of of all all three of us have kind of said this. I support the investigations. I think that if there are things that he needs to be held to account to, let's hold him accountable. Absolutely. And I did he get, did he get us through a pandemic? Great. Does that make him unaccountable for his bad behavior? No. No one's above the law. That's I no. think what we all stand beside. Yeah. Yeah. No one. No one is allowed to do terrible things. Uh, even if you did great, great things, that was great. Thank you for doing those great things. You shouldn't become a piece of shit. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> So now it's time for every gay man's favorite part of the evening. Let's do some poppers. Just open up, you know. Yay! Oh, uh, let me get the other nostril. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, it's been a second. It's going to be a lot longer, too. Loosen that up. <laughs> don't get too okay. loose, girl. I don't want to have to get a new couch. Uh, <laughs> Alfredo, you go first. So I'm first, and my popper is JLo and A-Rod. Apparently... Uh, rumors were flying that they broke up their engagement and they're no longer together. But I have recently learned that this was just a rumor. What? Yes, 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 yes. My fellow Puerto Ricans are still together. They're still engaged and they are working through some things. Inter- oh, we're such a roller coaster of yeah. emotions. This, this is new to me too. No, yeah. I, I think I read this too, like right before I came here today. So we'll mm. have to see what the oh, a, like, a likely out. story. Yeah. Suddenly Jeremiah we'll, is in the we'll, know. We'll see how they work through their things. I hope they do. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, I'm glad I'm rooting mm-hmm. for them because they both have such great nicknames that go together. You know, yeah, it's how good. many other people out there are like first initial, first part of yeah, the last J-Lo, name? J-Lo. J-Lo. Honestly, I, I don't, I don't know. J-Rod. J-Lo, she's been married um, and divorced like uh, four times. times. And there, it's, it's, just, it's just never good looking men. And A-Rod... <laughs> A-Rod used to be very good looking and just isn't anymore. Shots fired. And he just isn't anymore. Uh, And J-Lo is fucking stunning. I'd argue that A-Rod was never that attractive. No, he he was attractive when he he was young and playing baseball. He was an attractive man. I did love the videos from the inauguration that were dubbed of like everybody asking J-Lo like, hey, you still with A-Rod? You guys still together? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, yes. Yes, we are. And maybe they won't be. We'll see. Jeremiah. All right. Um, out comedian Billy Eichner announced this week that he will write and produce and star in a gay romantic comedy set to premiere in 2022. It's a big deal, y'all, because in his tweet, he said, in shocking news, Bros will be the first rom-com about gay men ever produced by a major studio. And apparently, I'm the first openly gay man to ever write and star in their own studio film. Only took 100 years. Thanks, Hollywood. <laughs> I think it's cool. It's exciting. I really liked this um, Christmas season when um, uh, Kristen, Stewart Kristen Stewart's and... movie came out. What was it called? The Happiest the Season. The Happiest Season. Yeah. And I just thought, I was like, I love this movie. It's a great movie. And they just happened to be lesbians. And it was great. Well, well actually, so, they didn't just happen to be lesbians. Uh, yeah, lesbians was, being, it was a big plot point. I sure, <laughs> it was. But it was filled with just awful people. Like, 
Oh, yes. Are you kidding me? Oh, I don't mean I actors. Know. I mean the characters. Oh, the characters. I think that's what... Girl was the worst. I think that's I was, what's like, in right now is like a shows with awful... Yeah, anti-heroes. People you love to hate. You're just like, oh my God, they're so terrible. But well, then Billy Eichner's perfect. Away. I know. But also, what was this movie called that Billy Eichner's doing? It's called Bros. I hate it. Yeah. Oh, we already hate it. I hate it. Couldn't we Bros? Really? do the noble thing and let Dan Levy write produce and star in the first universe like, maybe he's doing his and it's gonna come out first hopefully <laughs> i will absolutely get behind that literally yeah oh. I, I i'm that. all for um moving forward with the gay agenda but uh bros no. yeah that ain't it kid. it's comedy it's, it's, it's also so early they might change the name <laughs> yeah that's it's a, early yeah, yeah, yeah. bros that sounds more like a, a film you'd see on men.com yeah yes sean cody your favorite <laughs> So are they brothers? How dare you out me? Uh, <laughs> oh, you outed it on the last episode that I was on when you kept talking about your favorite models. I did. I just said that they were the best versions of gay actors playing. Or yeah. Anyway, uh, so mine is uh, the the real uh, cliffhanger and and terrifying horror movie that we all got to see. Documentary, I would say. Um, a uh, local New Yorker living on Roosevelt Island named Samantha Hartsoe. Oh, she lived on Roosevelt Island. Yeah, on TikTok, uh, gave us her harrowing account of finding a three-bedroom apartment behind her mirror Terrifying. in her bathroom. So literally, Nuts. if you haven't seen it, A, go watch it. Uh, but a quick synopsis, she feels a draft in <laughs> her, her uh, bathroom, bathroom, a cold breeze that she can't explain. And so she's like, oh, it's weird. It's coming from behind my mirror. So she takes her mirror off the wall, and there she finds a giant hole going into another apartment. Just a desolate yeah. room. And this bitch picks up a hammer <laughs> and climbs through to see what she can find. I, Fascinating. I, I mean, I got to ask. I know it's a popper, and it's supposed to be quick, but... What would you guys have done? Oh, I would have done the same thing. Same. Oh, I would have, I would have same. gone in. in a heartbeat. I would have gone But I feel like everyone's like, if this were a horror movie, like no black person ever would have done that. They would have been like, we are not going in there. Oh, it's I... like totally a white person thing to be like, I got a hammer. That's going to protect me. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I can, I, can, I can fuck a bitch up with a hammer. Yeah. Um, I'll just fan kick I just him probably in the couldn't neck. have fit through the hole. <laughs> you would have been like Winnie yeah. the Pooh, like stuck in the tree, I, I, just like kick, pushing Pooh, kick. She got through the hole, but like it was a squeeze. Yeah. The three of us, we're big. We're, oh, yeah. We ain't fit through that. We have to make the hole bigger. Yeah. yeah. We get the saw. Yeah. Tina! <laughs> it's just like, you know, weird things happen. Weird people live on Roosevelt Island. Weird things happen on Roosevelt I'll Island. Roosevelt it was kind of perfect. Island, I'll write yeah. that little I wonder where the fun. front door to that new apartment was. Oh, yeah. It led out into some other part of the building. Yeah. Right. Like, not on her floor. I mean, yeah, it looked like a two story apartment. Yeah. It, she's yet to hear from management, is what I've heard. Yeah. Like, maybe They're management up her rent. Super well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, wow. It, now it's got a three. It's got a. It did know, remind me. It comes with a, a secret passageway. And it did remind bedroom. me of a story, though, from the podcast you introduced me to of Let's Not Meet. Oh, my God. I know that exactly. Uh, the person the story behind the hotel about. mirror. Mm-hmm. And there was like a homeless woman living behind their hotel mirror. The little look gives me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, makes, I listened to some other no. episodes. That's some real fucked up shit. Oh, I'm talking about no. that later. Uh, yeah, if you're looking for a good, creepy, true story, but not too creepy, Let's it's just sort meet. of a lot of like, this is fucked up. Let's not meet. It's good stuff. You know, my, my usual habit of, of plugging other podcasts oh. on yeah. this podcast. Listen, if there's one thing that Jeremiah <laughs> oh, loves, it's a plug. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's poppers. <laughs> Next up, I would say, is arguably the biggest story of last week or the week that was. Uh, 
and Alfredo's going to tell us about it. Alfredo. Okay, here we go. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. <sighs> they were interviewed by Oprah, and they spilled all of the tea. The all tea. the tea. The tea is all over the floor. The, the, the rug is stained, mama. <laughs> um, it, so, <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain this story because there's just so much going on. You really should just watch the, the interview with Oprah on CBS. Many layers. If you can. It's two Lots hours long. It was but so it, good. But it's very good. Um, and so I just want to know, what are your thoughts? How do I you mean, feel about the royal family in general? We'll start there. I mean, I love it, but it was, it was just a fascinating inside look into something that I don't totally care about, like, pop culture-wise, but I'm still enthralled by. And it was just so f- interesting. Yeah, I was, I was really genuinely baffled and shocked by a lot of it. There were just so many revelations in it. There was the revelation that uh, someone in the family that they didn't name was concerned about the, uh, the how dark tone. the skin tone yeah. of their well, apparently would be. it's not someone in the royal family. The family also has like an HR an, an institution, people who run the royal family. Yeah. Um, and everyone's joking, an HR department, and apparently there is an HR department for the royal family oh, who ab- did nothing. Absolutely, right? And it's, so it was someone within the business oh, of the royal family, the um, firm, right? Yeah. The firm, yes, that's exactly right. Thank you. The firm who questioned how dark uh, their baby would be. Don't I you love the idea of HR and the royal family? Like, don't you wish your family had HR? <laughs> I wish my family Like, I could contact HR and be like, my brother's been a real asshole. Can you go talk about that? That'd be fun. Yeah, but then- Per they, my last email. <laughs> yeah, and it just, the whole thing about, like, the security protection not being provided. It was just yeah. a really, really fascinating, yeah. fascinating interview. Lots of bombshells. For me, personally, it sounds terrible, but- I, I don't care about the royal family. And I, I, I just never have. Like, I can read their story and I can feel pain, especially when Diana died in the 90s, for her children that were left behind. Um, and I do feel bad for Meghan going through all of this. But, like, th- this is a story that's happening in another country that I don't feel like mm-hmm. we need to v- highlight with Oprah. In our country, when we've got a lot going on here, true. Yeah, there are <laughs> major words themes, right out of my mouth. There I, are major I, themes though that are resonant. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I, I, no. There. Yeah. We have mirrored themes here for sure. But we got things happening going in America. <laughs> uh, are the very similar things are happening in the UK. But like we have our own stories. Yeah. Our own quote unquote royal families we need to expose. It feels a lot like, and I'm not trying to elevate these people at all. Uh, it feels like sort of the Kardashians level. Like mm-hmm. it's like. Okay, yes, there's a lot of problems happening, but I can't muster up enough fucks for the people that are this rich. Yeah. Like, it, it, and, but that doesn't mean like I can't empathize with what Meghan Markle went through and is continuously going through. And you know what? Good for mm-hmm. her to stand up and say, like, oh, so brave. I'm absolutely not okay with this. Like, I, I, I fully um, empathize and really respect Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. I didn't know she was older than Prince Harry. Yeah. Oh, no. And a divorcee. Ooh, divorcee. Mm, she's a 39-year-old divorcee. Or not but, loved. I shouldn't say loved. But the parallels between her interview and Diana's interview, was it 25, I want to say? 90, 95? So like 25, 26 years ago? Um, I couldn't tell you. She died in 97. It was two years before that. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Like so it's like 25, 26 years. The parallels between those two interviews and what they both went through, I thought was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And it kind of showed how much this institution really hasn't 
changed right. all that much. And I hope this kind of they don't breaks... want to. No, it's a twelve hundred year old yes. like entity. They're not trying to change. I hope that this opens up a conversation and dialogue within them, though. It won't. Yeah, <laughs> we just talked about it's that. Also People are changing. An institution that has nothing to do with America. Well, like America has its own racist institutions that we need to deal with. I, 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 and then it's not that I don't care, but I don't think we need to. We need Oprah to highlight other countries institutions of racism for us yeah well you know that season six of the crown is going to be lit oh, girl i yeah. i well, the, the tweet <laughs> that um i love that the royal family denies this uh that the crown is uh accurate and then fully does things that you'll see on the crown oh absolutely <laughs> on a happy note the best thing to come out of this oprah interview are the memes of course oh my god yes like just oprah throwing up her hands and the what 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 <laughs> <laughs> the thousands of what memes have killed me yeah yes. it's it's very good uh so i'm sorry that we're making this is the best thing oprah's done like for meme culture since i love bread yes like, she finally was like oh you, you want to talk about my love for bread hold my beer hold, hold my, my bread beer. hold my bread hold I, my and you bread. know what and she was like you know what gail you sit down <laughs> i got this one. <laughs> oh, i was so dead i think my i think my favorite one is the like kids in fifth grade you're gay and then it's like me what <laughs> my favorite by far was it's it's the picture of oprah with her hands up and it says tourists in pisa <laughs> she's just like <laughs> trying to hold up we'll put, the, we'll put that on social media it was i laughed for way too long about that oh, there was also a great video where it was like all right i'm so glad you're sitting down to do this and they like re-photoshop megan's dress so it was just completely black and then they photoshopped it so that like the white splotches that are on her dress look like bird poop. Oh <laughs> like God. it seemed like a bird pooped on her at the beginning. And they just kept cutting back between like Oprah's face being like, what? And like Megan, like on the verge of tears and like just sounds of incessant birds in the background. Why? <laughs> oh, that video made me so happy. It I made me laugh. I have not seen that one. I'll have to show you off air. I wouldn't understand the joke. Why are I'll show you off air. Yeah, it's really great. Why are we doing this? It's just what's silly. Come on, Tippy. Come on, Tippy. Oh, my God. And then, of course, we have to talk about the Pierce Morgan drama. Oh, my God. Which was so incredible. Good for that reporter, though, for, like, calling him out. Pierce Morgan sucks. This is so stupid. And and the idea that he's like, I've been canceled. You walked off. We all know this. Yes. This is is not a a new opinion. (laughs) The fact that you walked off this show. No one canceled you. You got up because you're a sensitive little bitch. Uh, yeah. And walked off the show because a woman rejected you one time. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because you had drinks with someone and she didn't call you. Yeah. And then you saw so her on silly. Instagram and she had a new boo. Yeah. Like, I, who, com- have, any, have any of us quit our jobs from that? Because I know it's happened to all of us at least once. Yeah. And has any of I us go no. on long diatribes, uh, years long rants about this person? Like, yeah, no. No, I just I just was great. I was so grateful no. for that reporter being like you. I mean, he did do a low blow with being like she rejected you. But I like that he called out being like you have been so harsh on her over the he years. And you say still rejected. Are. He said she removed you from her life. Yeah. And, he's, and, and she's like, like, you don't hear her. You're talking about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, good on you, reporter, for calling him out for just constantly yeah. bashing. And then he got up and that guy was like, we have to listen to you for hours and you can't listen to yourself for five minutes or for, yeah. for a minute and a half. Yeah. It was so. And then he's like, I'm being silenced. As he has literally like a billion Twitter followers, uh, an article in the newspaper every like week. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're not being silenced because we're hearing you say it. Yeah. If you right. can hear someone saying 
they're silencing me. Guess who's not being silenced? That you. person. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're being silenced, I wouldn't hear about it. Chris Morgan is garbage and sad. Like, so sad. Did, and did you want to go on another date with Meghan Markle? Probably. But, I don't know. Jesus. Bye. Get Bye. Down. Bye. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Wow. Uh, Fascinating. Oh, oh, and one more thing. My favorite thing to come out of all of this was Megan McCain going on oh. some insane rant <laughs> oh, about, about like 1776 Jesus. and if two American and, women, uh, Oprah Winfrey uh, and Meghan, Meghan Markle, Markle, could destroy the crown and finish the job from 1776. And Whoopi just said, okay. Okay. <laughs> it was so random. Did, oh, she have the glitter, did she have the glitter part that day? No. no. Uh, Her hairstyle changes every day. Yeah. You're never going to see two things. Yeah. You'll never see that glitter part again. Yeah. Nope. It's <laughs> just that that okay was like, oh, so good. That, she's such. Wow. Very fun. Fun yeah. times. We, fun times. Uh, we, we stand, stand Whoopi. Whoopi is the best. Mm. Okay. And just, <laughs> we'll put that video on social media too. Just. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean that is is that not Luke on a rant? Okay. Everybody else. Okay. Oh my God! The calls are coming from inside the house. Alfredo's coming after Luke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, as you all know, every week we bring it to you. Every week we are a low key recap podcast for RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. From uh, now until eternity, it it's, seems it's like. never going to end. What is but the quote? What? it's a special... Oh, I, the quote is, uh, I don't know why you all gag and I bring it to you every ball. bring it to you? What, 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 oh, gosh. That's I'm appropriate. Really you poor, poor person. I'm so sorry. Yeah. For... Sorry, everyone. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but it is a special week because we also have here uh, today my favorite drag queen, <gasps> Jeremiah Gibbs. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys, what is my drag name? Uh, you have about, so many good yeah, ones. Yeah, I have so many. Uh, is it? Yeah, you gotta, uh, he I mean, went through our fr- our neighbor from downstairs came up to play villainous uh, two days ago. Our favorite board game. Um, and when I tell you, Joel first had to read list. his mm. list of drag names that it he is came epic. up with. It is it is a twenty minute long read. You're welcome. That'll be a, so. Oh, give me your we'll, favorite we'll one. A, we'll from start your a Patreon list. and you yeah, can hear all my drag nuts. names. I, I could see you as an if I do say so. If I do say so. Yeah. If I do, I've if always do. loved Anita Check. I need a check. Uh, I I also could see you as uh, Visa Decline. Visa Decline. Or, I like or, that one. Here we go. Wilma Check Bounce. <laughs> Wilma Check Bounce. <laughs> I think I think Visa Decline is that. That's it. The necessary roughness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not going to keep doing this. Sorry, yeah, I am I feeding it. the beast. Drag Race. I loved it. Yeah, uh, this uh, this week's episode was fun. Um, it is extremely long season though. It oh is, my gosh, it is it's never ending. Season. But you know never what? Like, what? What? what, what we, we we want it every year. So I don't know why we. I don't know why we're complaining about how long the season is. I it's think, like first of all, we're not doing anything else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Here's the difference. <laughs> I think because it's not the length of the season; it's the pace of the season. Mm-hmm. Like yes. if a if a double save felt earned, we'd be like, "Work! It's a double save. We loved it." It didn't feel earned. Like there's so much that's happening that we're like, "Oh my god, the season's never going to end." It's not because how long it's been. It's because it's it's felt long. Yes, mm. you know you can sit through a a, a super long play like August Osage County. One of my favorite plays that was on Broadway was three and a half hours long, Fairy and Man I saw it twice. Hours. Yeah, so I good. loved it. It was so good. It felt like it felt like half an half an hour paced well. Exactly. Uh, but you can see a show that's ninety minutes, no intermission, and by minute seventy five, you're like, I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. That's a good it's point. All about this pace. season has not been paced well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, 
So this week was the makeover challenge, which happens every season. Um, and it's usually great. It's a, it's like a benchmark. It's like up there. With oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes near. It well, technically, usually it comes nearer the end of the season after snatch game mm-hmm. when there's only like five, six queens. Yeah, how many queens did we have in this challenge? Eight, eight, eight queens. Oh, God. And they had to make over each other, which I which liked. Have they done before? Yes, but not in the same way. Okay. Uh, yeah. Season eleven, they had to make over queens that had already been sent home. Oh, oh, that's oh, what it was. Yeah, yeah. That's and, it was, and I, I fully was like. I bet RuPaul was pissed that they did that already when COVID <laughs> happened. Yeah. It would have been so easy. <laughs> well, actually, they could have brought Tamisha back in, made Candy make Also her probably yeah. pissed that they already made over the crew. The crew, absolutely. Because that would that would have been right. that might have been doable during COVID yeah. to make over the the stage crew. When I was wondering the whole episode, I'm like, are they gonna make them do the whole thing where like they have to make over each other, but there has to be resemblance? And I was really glad that it was just like oh, yeah. make this queen in your image and that then the challenge was not only for the queen who is making over someone, but for the made over queen to embody yes. the essence of yeah. that queen. I thought it was a really cool challenge. Yeah. Once I think they could have done a better job explaining it at the top. Yes. Because by the time I got to it, I was like, oh, this is what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. RuPaul, the drag race in general, I mean, like it really puts it on you to figure it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they'll be like, and the category is, okay, let's start. And then you're like, okay, what, what was it? What was it? And like four people in, you're like, oh, it's this. And that's kind of how this challenge was, too. Because I was like, how are they going to do a resemblance if they're each other? Right. It wasn't about resemblance. It It wasn't about drag family. Yeah, Yeah, it was doppelganger. So anyway, our first up, we have Tina and Rosé. We're just going right into looks. Can we talk about the the beginning? Because I thought the whole psychic reading part of the episode was so dumb. See, you know, that's why I just skipped over it. Because it was dumb. I don't know why they needed to magically transport the girls to the Oh, I love the campiness of that. But it was like... They clearly gave her what the producers Oh, the producers have her. all of this information. So it didn't Look, seem fun. You're not fooling anybody. The producers yeah. had that information. At first I was like, oh, did she really, like, did Tina give that information about her father? Like, yes. Yes, she did. Yep. She absolutely <laughs> gave that information about her father. No, hands down. And the producers have been watching this whole time, so they know that Denali and Rosé are like buddy-buddy. Yeah. So it's a, so I don't know why we're fucking Same with this. Utica it's having so a cow named Carla or whatever the cow is. Oh, yeah. I could have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's on her Instagram. I'm exactly. sure she told producers. She probably has a picture of that cow up on the At mirror. At workstation. Like some, so that it whole was psychic silly. thing. She brought, was, one of her looks she brought probably was an homage to her oh, yeah. cow. <laughs> so that's why that was all stupid. So we're just going to, yeah. we didn't skip over it. We talked about it. There you go. Great. So first up, we have Tina and Rosé. I liked it. I, I loved it. It felt like everyone in the room just lined up to punch Tina Burner in the oh, face this yes. week. The so judges, Rose, like <laughs> other queens. It was just like, Tina Burner ain't shit. And like, <laughs> every single person said it. And then it would cut to Tina Burner's confessional. She's like, I'm serving. Here I am, queen. Yeah. It was just, I, I wonder how she felt I watching it. For a queen who wasn't really up for elimination and didn't come nearly. She got red. She really was red. I, I liked the transformation. And yellow and orange. Oh, gosh, gross. But I actually feel like she was, even Rosé, everyone was reading her in a very lighthearted oh, way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, even when Michelle said, like, it's two raccoon eyes, like, she said it's kindly enough for me that I was like, she, she, said, she said it all. We love Tina with her raccoon eyes. They, absolutely. <laughs> they said it in a way where it's like, we're not looking to her f- to serve looks. That's yeah, not the queen she's here to do. Yeah. So, yeah, it, so it didn't feel offensive because she was like, well, her taste is questionable. 
But like, there's been a thousand queens who've you know yeah. strolled through the halls who had questionable taste that are still yeah. amazing queens. But it was now if we can also talk funny. about a lot of these queens post images on their Instagram of like their looks. I actually liked Tina in the look that she put on Rose, yeah. and I actually would have loved to see Tina in especially like the yeah. the leotard look, the somewhere that's green, kind of Ellen Green, Little Shop of Horrors. Just moment. go to her Instagram; she's already worn it. No, I know. I thought she looked fabulous. I'm like, oh, I wish you could have worn that on the runway because it wasn't red, yellow, it. or, or uh, well, orange. well, it had red lining, but. Well, yeah, it was like, red and a little. Yellow. But she wouldn't have worn it because the she does. She's not wearing anything that's predominantly green anywhere. Yeah. So I think that's a heart like that harkens back to like, oh, I wish I could yeah, see. I do wonder Tina why. looking a little yeah. more I just loved diverse. How sexy she looked yeah. in it, and I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it was. Uh, I did not like the the house dress on Rose. No, but when it she was re- too big. Yeah, but when she revealed into the the leather um leopard b- bodysuit. Yeah, Le- it was cute. Leather. leather. Oh, the well, because it was it was red. Leather. No, but I thought you were searching for the. <laughs> oh, leopard. it was leopard red and leather, red. Leather. It was red leather, yellow leather, red, red leather, leather bodysuit. Leather. I thought that was super cute, and be- <laughs> yes. uh, because I know Tina, I had seen it before, but it still looked great. Yeah, it was didn't, cool, didn't, and I love the hair. The hair, I I love. Oh, the yeah. hair was yeah. right up Alfredo's but, alley. Yes, uh, yeah, love that hair, and not just because it was red. I like the shape of it. Yeah, um, and. The the makeup that Tina did on Rose, it was very much Tina very Burner's Tina. makeup. It that I mean, so it give her credit where credit's due. That was Tina's face on Rose. It's just not good makeup. No. Go on. Anyways. So how about anyway, but you know, judges like them, it was great. How about Rose on Tina? It was fun. It was it was fun to see Tina not in red, yellow, or yes. orange. Like it was a great I think mm-hmm. it did her a lot of favors and I thought her face looked good. And I think they both yeah. did a good job too of like they, embodiment the embodiment but it almost felt campy in a way like they were sending mm-hmm. each other up in a really loving way and maybe that's why they didn't quite get the same comments as other people about like elevating what they did but it was a really good impersonation right. of each other. I, and funnily <laughs> enough they did say the word elevated quite a few times in the show and i was like were we supposed to elevate these looks well it's season 13 this is, they this want is just my dress on someone else but i was supposed to elevate it well, I was want little... to see you on the runway in an elevated look, and so if you're putting somebody else in your drag, they want to they see want it to be elevated. elevated. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's where I disagree because if I'm going to put you in quintessential free drag, it's not going to be. It's going to be what you expect. It's not going to be elevated. But maybe that's the read: is that their drag isn't elevated enough? Oh. If you Duh. ever do a makeup go, challenge, go. you have to name them. You should name uh, Freeze drag daughter should be Det Midler. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Anyway, next up we have Denali and Olivia Lux. Um, Not good. It wasn't great. I think I agreed with the judges of like, especially on Denali. Like, I didn't feel like that was a quintessential Olivia. I don't know what. I definitely thought Olivia looked quintessentially Denali. Yes. Except, but not the other way around. Yeah, I don't know what Olivia was thinking putting her in this gown. When we've only seen Olivia in a gown, oh, we saw her. We saw her gown twice, three times. But her drag has been more three fun times. in the fro and Four like times. right. And but the yellow yeah. gown that turned into a leotard, the first gown she walked out of that turned into a leotard, uh, the old Two. Hollywood gown that turned into a leotard. Oh, leotard. the old Hollywood gown um, is the one I'm missing. And there's oh, another. What? What? Yeah. Did she wear a gown last week? No, that was the jacket. But the I don't ho- think of those when I think of Olivia. Yeah, and I think that's the problem when when the whenever. Uh, whenever the judges judge Olivia for doing well on the runway, it's because she's being fun and young and bubbly. She's not being pageanty, yeah. right? She's you know she's got the bobbles in her hair, or she was wearing the little black dress challenge that with the big hair. They really loved her for that. 
Uh, it's those moments that they recognize Olivia for. Also, put a tiny purse into Dolly's hand. Bitch! Yes. Are you insane? Yes! Where yes. was the tiny purse? Where was the uh, tiny purse? So she failed. There's just so many missteps in, yeah. that, in that pairing yeah. period. And then I think where I see it and where maybe the judges saw it, Denali failed Olivia, um, was in the makeup. Yes. Uh, but to give Denali credit, that's Denali's makeup. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what Denali's makeup is. It wasn't yeah. that she put a poor makeup job on Olivia. She did her Denali she makeup put on a poor Olivia. Job and, on it's it's not great. and her the the lace on that wig, it was oh. just it was bad when Denali wore it. It and was it worse was on bad Olivia. when Olivia yeah. wore it. And so I just But uh, it was smarter. I mean it, it, she did go home, but spoiler alert. But it was smart to be like, oh, they'll instantly read, oh, that's Denali in this hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it was very iconic. And it yeah. just seemed yeah. like Olivia just didn't know how to brand herself. Right. And I would also argue that um we're 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 pulling hairs because they, it wasn't We're so. Hair and chunky lace. It wasn't <laughs> so horrendous. Yeah. The both uh, both Denali and Olivia's looks, but it it just wasn't. Oh, yeah, there as was good. no one that you were like. Yeah. Instantly it just wasn't thinking. good enough to get you past compared the other to the two, other strong other teams. It just yeah. wasn't as good. Yeah. Right. So next up we have Gottmik and Candy. No, nope. Utica and Simone. Sorry. Fan. Oh my god. It was, it was it was clearly yeah. the best. So winner. I was hands down. Hands down. Yeah. Well, and like we said earlier, it was their drag but elevated on each of them. Yeah. And I loved how they each really embodied each, other, each other's essences with mm-hmm. the looks. Not only were the yeah. looks That fantastic, was the most impressive yeah. part of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Utica and Simone have very specific ways they mm-hmm. carry themselves, and they both did such an incredible job of transforming into each other's, like, essence. Right. You know, seeing and I, Utica walk out with that fierce walk was fantastic, uh, yeah. and Simone being weird and crazy. It was, it was but great. But still fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they so took good. the challenge... The best, yeah. I, especially because there was like a lesson to be learned. You have you can learn things from each other, and they did. Yes, yeah. and so that's why that they they. Well, and what was interesting too is like I don't know that like I would have because Utica put out her portrait of like what she looked like in it. I mm. thought that Simone looked better in it, personally. Maybe yeah, but I didn't see it. I, didn't I see hope that we see it, but... more of this side that we saw of Utica of like yeah. confident and sexy. Embrace and strong. that yeah. queen because I do love when she's quirky. But God, was she even better when we saw that confident powerful side of her and she even right. commented on it in untucked right can we before we move on mm-hmm. will you say anything else about this no can we talk about the insanity of utica of being afraid she's gonna get canceled yes oh yeah i, I mean that was a huge part of the episode that I was well like, what's happening we learned from our friend patty that uh apparently utica has had some struggles in the past oh with appropriation Interesting. For so, presumptive appropriation. Yeah, pres- yeah. Because the story we and heard that's why not... she's being like so careful. Yeah, so she's being really, really careful on the show to not that makes sense uh, to not do that again. But I loved was it Lonnie Love who was on this week? Yes, I, I, I loved love what she said about it though. She was like, "You gave us the essence of Simone, the essence of this character, and when you get past the skin color and you get to the essence, and it's done with love." It's not appropriation. Her her wanting to be respectful was absolutely commendable. Mm. But this, after the squirrel afro no, situation, was a lot. Like, you're like Utica. Who hurt you? Like what? <laughs> right. But what we have also have to through? remember the medium that they were in, because we're watching it in the context of the show where we're getting to talk to both Simone and Utica and RuPaul yeah. about how they feel about the whole situation. Whereas if Utica had just posted a picture of herself yes. in this Baps yes. look. On Instagram, we would have been like, "What the fuck?" But yeah. she should have realized they're getting a whole episode. Lead yeah, up to exactly. It. So and also th- think about what the time that they were filming this was in the summer, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So this was 
pretty near after the George Floyd protests, the Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter protests. So I'm sure that she was that was weighing very heavily on her. So like right. I get it, but like also when they tell you that you're gonna be fine, trust you're be it. Fine. Yeah. So moving on to Gottmik and Candy Muse. Good. Solid. Yeah. Solid. That's fine. I thought it was no. solid. <laughs> I, I was also surprised at um how how much of their struggle about the being two different sizes played into their storyline when in the end I didn't see any struggles on the road. Well, that, I think that's a testament to how well they did. I it, I died though when Candy like went off on oh, the God. Well, let's get there in one second. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I you know, no, I'm upset because there's <laughs> one fucking thing that we know about Gottmik on the fucking runway. She walk, 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 jump to both feet. Yes. It is. I mean, I don't know if I agree with it, but it's a staple. Yeah. So much so that she I does count it down to it. And, she, and then Candy the audacity it. for Candy Muse. I don't know if her knees can't take it or what, but like she did not do the jump. And I was like, automatic bottom two. <laughs> like, that's it. Don't even don't even lip sync. Go home. You didn't do the jump. Like, I was like, th- wh- huh? yeah. and then I was like, does Gottmik not know she's doing it? I don't know. Because the would, queens don't see each other on the runway. That's funny, because I would say that maybe Gottmik doesn't know she's doing yeah. that at the end of the runway. I, it, but 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 in that argument, how do the judges not see it as well? Right. They should have saw yeah. it and be like, you didn't jump at the end of the runway. I, I, I said it before. They even got, Once I realized, I was like, oh, they're, they have to do each other's mannerisms. I was like, oh. Candy's got to do the jump. That that's no. That's we, the literally, one we literally got the group thing. text from you last night, even before the runway, being yeah. like, "She better do the jump." And she, and then jump. she didn't. Uh, like he's dead. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm a ghost. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so uh, as much as their look, their looks were were fine. I thought they were fine. Uh, I just didn't see the embodiment in the way that some of the other teams had the embodiment. Mm-hmm. Personally, okay. So RuPaul in this episode asked the what the pivotal pivotal question. I don't know. I don't know words. Uh, <laughs> wh- who should go home and why? Yes. And we had, well, I didn't do the math. I, it, was yeah, it was I an overwhelming agree. vote for Olivia. It was an overwhelming vote for Olivia Lux. It was six votes. So yeah. they're, they're, who did Olivia say? Everyone said Olivia except for the two people, oh, except for Olivia's team. Olivia and Denali, because Denali Olivia said, said Candy. Utica and Denali said Candy. Yes. Okay, there you go. So six votes for Olivia, one vote for Utica, one vote for Candy Muse. And in Candy Muse fashion, when her name was said by Denali, when it was her turn to name somebody, she had some things to say. Steam just straight out of her ears. And so, flames on the side of my face, (laughs) burning. Candy Muse got really defensive about Denali saying her name. She did. She has every right to because, you know, people have the right to their feelings. Sure, sure. Um, (laughs) How do you guys feel? It reminded me of the candy that we didn't like at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah, because candy has, for the last few episodes, been you know fairly likable. Like there hasn't yeah. been you know, it, candy. Candy's personality is great. Like candy's fun to watch, but then she just turns into like this rage person mm-hmm. that you're like, I don't want right. to. And it's hard to forget that for several like a bit of time afterwards. Like yeah. you know, candy was probably cool, but I first episode candy seemed great. I was like, work candy, cool, and then you see this rage keep coming and coming and it's like, I wish she just had the ability to be like, wow, there is no way I'm going home. Yeah. Like right. six people said this person, they said me cause they can't say themselves. I don't yeah, need that's to, it. That's what I, I don't was... need to just to destroy this person. I'm like, you know, that's and... my, the point I want to get at too, yeah. is that like the fact that candy can't see even in the moment. And I understand there's a lot of things going on 
even in the moment she can't see like, oh, Denali said my name because she's not going to say her own or her partner's. Mm -hmm. So she said my name. And she picked like the just like really arbitrary reasons because Gottmik was in flames, which yeah, is very, yeah, like very, very Tina Burner. So, okay, whatever. I like, did... and move on from there. Had but this been... like extreme defensive mode that mm -hmm. she goes in because one person said yeah. your name. She like, it's only... the opposite of what Lady Gaga says 99 people in the room say yes, <laughs> one person says no, and you went and off. You gotta bitch. kill them. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, a, she didn't even just come for Denali. She came at Olivia. She came at Tina Burner. Like, yeah. She, did. she was like, Tina, Tina Burner could never be this fast. She's like, Tina's your friend. She didn't Tina could anything. never be this sexy. Exactly. <laughs> I, She's nothing of the sort. I did like Denali's explanation in the workroom. I yes. thought it was really emotional, really, really honest and, and vulnerable. And I, I appreciated that Candy kind of saw that and was like, you know what? My bad. I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised. That was good in the workroom. Yeah. So there we have it. And in the bottom, we have Olivia and Denali. And they lip sync against each other. And despite the fact that 80% of the cast said Olivia's name to go home, Olivia doesn't go home. It's fascinating, too, because in the workroom during Untucked, it seemed like everybody had accepted Olivia's going home. Mm. That Denali's going to probably out lip sync her because mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I thought at the beginning, too. And then Olivia pulled it out and well, Olivia fucked Denali over by putting her in a gown. Yes. <laughs> I wonder. See, again, this goes back to my original theory about her being secretly shady. Mm. Was that on purpose? She's right. like, if we're lip syncing against each other, you're going to do it in a gown. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I never thought, I didn't think about that until well, just We didn't know it was now. the inside fabric of that was also laced with razor blades. That's hearsay. Yes. We know. <laughs> I know, it's hearsay. I was sad. This was the week where we could have maybe deserved the double save. Because I think they could have, you know, but like, I don't know. Had there been a double save, I swear to God, I would not watch another episode of this No, season. instead of the other double save. Oh, yeah. Because I, I was sad to see Denali go. I mean, I, I, was I, I hear that, but they... They're wanting to save Candy Muse for TV purposes. True. Over yeah. Denali or um, Olivia Lux. Yeah. Bye, Denali. Yeah. Bye, Denali. She womp, was really good. Womp, and she, womp, and it, womp, it's, womp. it's sad because Denali is a phenomenal lip syncer. And so the fact that she had to go out like that was unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Let's do. Let's do. Oh, I'm feeling oh, very heavy, God. bloated. You Girl, I, I haven't had a good douche in a long time. So, but Jeremiah, you're starting. I know. I didn't want to hear about your sex life, but okay. <laughs> didn't know you were into scat play. <laughs> we're not. You know, we just have surprise sex. It's like, hey, we're having sex. <gasps> Terrifying. Okay. Well, Missouri First General Baptist Church Pastor Stuart, Stuart Allen Clark can go bye-bye. In a recent sermon that went viral on Facebook, he said many terrible sexist egotistical awful things about women um and tried to back it up with scripture and it was just really disgusting here's some highlights oh highlights. i want you to know a need that your man has that he won't ever tell you about but since i'm the preacher man i'll say it your man Anal. needs an attractive wife oh jesus christ i mean is he wrong maybe he should try to be an attractive husband oh we'll get there I'm not saying every woman can be the epic trophy wife of all time, like <laughs> Melania Trump. Oh, my God. First Maybe. of all, and, and to degrade her to just a trophy, <laughs> trophy wife. wife. I mean, I know that we all don't really like her, but you're degrading her by calling oh, her yeah. just a trophy wife. Maybe you're a participation trophy, but you don't need to look like a butch either. <laughs> oh, my God. Men want women to look good at home and in public. Can I get an amen? Oh, oh but I mean, I saw the clip. 
There's no amens coming from that. Oh audience. yeah, it's bitch, like maybe the congregation one person. is silent. Yes. Oh yeah, and I love this. Don't give him a reason to be like this distracted boyfriend. Why is it so many times that women, after they get married, let themselves go? Don't give him a reason to be looking around. I really don't believe women understand how visual men are. It's like he, <laughs> he and he's stupid. a fat slob. It, I'm like, you let attractive. yourself go after getting married. Absolutely. No, he let himself go after. Birth. And then he said, God made men to be drawn to beautiful women. We are made this way. We can't help ourselves without even quoting a reference from scripture. Gosh. Is he married? I want to know how he that relationship's is. going. He and is. also, and is she beautiful? Is it like in terms of of like sin? Like you're supposed to help yourself. This whole we can't help ourselves. I know it's so stupid. That, it's just ugh, fuck him, douche, yeah. douche. Right? Bye. Isn't lust a sin? Like even though you don't have sex with a person, if you lust after them, that's a sin. Come. You stupid cunt. Ugh. So I'm next, and I'm talking about the most closeted of closeted people, Mike Pence. <laughs> Uh, so he's heading down to South Carolina in April to talk at an anti-gay hate group rally convention thing. <laughs> and, and that's it. I mean, it's the, it's the Palmetto Family Council, which, uh, you know, is very much family first, anti-gay adoption, anti-gay marriage, um, and they promote religious freedom laws uh, used to discriminate against, discriminate against LGBTQI people. Gross. So he's going to go talk to them. Cool. Bye. After being just, dis- you know, uh, shunned out of the White House and disgraced. Ugh. And I'm sure it's going to be a large maskless gathering. Oh, oh, of course. oh, 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 oh. It's 600 Maybe their pe- hate will protect them. <laughs> it's 600 people gathered in one of the, like, tightest oh. rooms they could find. <laughs> Tight, unlike Mike Pence's asshole. Yeah. So. That's the sound. <laughs> and, and again, this is me. I, I spoke earlier about being chaotic. Uh, and this is me again being chaotic. I'm, I'm like, let them discriminate against LGBTQ people. Just don't be mad when we discriminate against you. When everyone discriminates against you. That's the, that, that's the hypocrisy. Is that like, we would like to discriminate against gay people. <gasps> We're being discriminated against. Yeah. It's, it's like, the whole cancel but culture the is, thing it's, when it's they've not, tried to cancel Harry Potter. Yeah, and it's not. We don't give a shit what they think of us. We give a shit at what uh, legislation they get passed. Yeah. So it's not like empowering them to, to play up the legislation that they can get behind and empower and finance is the real problem. I don't care if Mike right. Pence ever well, because comes to terms with the sexuality. <laughs> my, I give a shit if Mike you Pence know what we need to do? perpetuates anti-LGBTQ We need to organize and make LGBTQIA a religion. And stop paying taxes. And stop paying taxes. The, stop the paying LGBTQ taxes. center in, in here in New York and all over the country, why aren't they taxes them? They might be if it's a non well, well, why aren't they religious groups? <laughs> okay, so it's my turn. Uh, <laughs> mine's kind of in reverse. Instead of it being a closet case, it's a, uh, a born-again straight person. Oh. Uh, far-right commentator Milo Yiannopoulos uh, is now uh, straight. Oh. Yeah. Yep, he claims to be ex-gay. And he's, this is the best part, he's demoted his husband to a housemate. Oh, <laughs> wow. But can you do he that still to sucks his dick. I hope dick. his family has HR, But he too. still sucks his dick. It, it, yeah, that's why he pays There are still privileges there. Absolutely. Uh, he's 36 years old, and he's, he's known for giving insanely controversial commentary. He's a real piece of shit. Um, he, he gave this interview to a right-wing Christian news outlet, and uh, said, he calls his, his sexuality a lifestyle. Uh, he said he originally became gay to uh, drive his mother crazy and that a handsome conservative nice would drive li- liberals crazy. 
A, you're not handsome. So I, I guess we're still waiting for that person to show up. <laughs> um, I will say, though, what I think we're all thinking as a gay community. Straight people, you can have them. Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't want them. No. Uh, well, I just feel bad. I want to hear his, his housemate's opinion. Oh. Uh. If that housemate is still with him too, that's like that's trash. Like I would just. Well, I would the leave. thing is, I don't. I, we don't need to get into it because the man married him when he was when he quote unquote oh, was gay. Like yeah, that true. man's trash too. Yeah. True. And she's like, yeah, you yeah, know douche. what? I'll be a housemate as long as you keep paying for shit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but Milo, Mike Pence, and uh, nameless fat, ugly, um, sexist, sex, egotistical, lying, hypocritical bigot. <laughs> uh, and I only brought up his weight because apparently. People let themselves go after marriage, and he looks like one of them. Uh, you're all douche. Huh? You're all pieces of shit. And uh, we love to flush Water it. runs clear. <laughs> <laughs> all right, kids. Well, it is time for our final thoughts. And for once, I'm going to go first. Um, I don't know that I've ever shared something uh, so personally important, uh, but it feels right in, uh, in today's episode. Uh, this means a lot to me, and I, I hope you guys can understand. Um, Sonic is finally coming to New York City. Oh, God. Uh, they're apparently opening a location in the 30s, and I, for one, cannot wait. Uh, Sonic, and then as soon as they do open, they're going to come out against LGBTQ. Probably, probably. But I, I don't think so. We, we've had a long we relationship. I, Sonic, I thought, so- I thought Happy Hour was exclusively a thing that Sonic did until, like, oh my well gosh. into my 20s. Like, <laughs> I, I, Sonic is home. My mom Aww. would pick me up from school, and we would always go to happy hour, and I'd get a, a Dr. Pepper. I, ugh, Sonic, I'm, I'm just so happy that but it's But is coming it going to be a drive-in? No, it's not. No. It's going to be like, because in Oklahoma, Sonics are like uh, in the mall. It's like a walk-up kiosk oh. thing. Yeah. There's a Sonic cute. on the beach in Florida that serves beer. Sonic is very versatile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. So I'm very excited. I was hoping they would put like fake cars you could like sit in in the restaurant. No, but one That's of them did gross. that. No, they did that. Like, I thought that'd be cool. It, no, but they, they have done that. There oh, okay. is like a, it's like a booth that looks like a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, but I'm very dreams. excited. It is a taste of home uh, coming to my, my, my other home, New York, and I'm very happy. Yeah. And I know Luke is also just as incredibly happy, and Megan as well. Yes. If you know, yeah, you no. know. <laughs> I don't know. So that's mine. Uh, my final thought, as you know, we record on Saturdays and Saturday today, March 13th is the one year. I don't know if you call it anniversary, but one year since Brianna Taylor was killed, murdered, mur- murdered. We will continue to say her name and we will continue to fight for the lives of black indigenous people of color. Um, say their names. All those phrases, I hate to like be glib about that, but no, it's so but true. It's, 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 it's so true. I've, I've forgotten that she had been murdered so early in the pandemic because I don't think I even heard about her murder until maybe the middle of April. Yeah. And the fact that it went so long unnoticed Absolutely. and un, unavenged. Mm-hmm. And to this day, we still don't have justice. So keep saying her name. Keep fighting for justice. Um, rest in peace, Brianna. Absolutely. Alfredo? So the Gaze Pod team is putting together a group of uh, walkers slash runners for the AIDS walk this year. I will be walking. (laughs) Jeremiah will be walking. I will most likely be walking. Um, Joel will probably run. Uh, And and as well as other people on our team. 
it's virtual this year, so I don't know what that means. Um, but anyway, but I on- do need to take some running. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyways, be on the lookout on our social medias, both on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and right here on our podcast for more information about how you can donate money and get involved with a very, very, very important um, organization. Yes, very important cause. Yeah, a cause really close to our hearts. Yeah. And um, donate. We firmly believe in. Yeah. And my friend John McConnell, shout out to John McConnell, has won. Two years in a row. Really? Yes. <gasps> wow. So, I mean, virtually, I don't know if I can beat him. I don't know that I'll ever beat him. <laughs> virtually, I think it's your best chance to beat him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> but um, he raises a lot of money for this cause, and I'm glad we're getting on board. Uh, and I, I hope maybe we can run next to each other or something. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. And uh, that, uh, it's all going to come down to you guys, and, and your donations are really going to help us do that. Um, well, like Alfredo mentioned our social media, please find us on social media, especially to hear about, um, our fundraising and all the other bananas things we get into, uh, at the gays pod. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. We're not really active on TikTok yet, but we do have the handle, (laughs) um, at the gays pod. You can also email us anything that you want to hear us talk about or just to say hi at the gays pod at gmail.com. Perfect. Um, Not a you, Gmail. Yeah, it's a Gmail. We, we haven't need our yet own got, domain name. Yeah, we, have, we haven't gotten a domain yet. <laughs> we need our own domain name. You can email us at thegayspod at thegayspod.com. Ah, Not wish. yet. Not yet. Someday. Um, yeah, but so shoot us an email. Um, we are going to be fundraising soon. Uh, we haven't kicked that off yet. So until then, if you want to sponsor a cocktail for the, the show, you can find us, uh, email us at thegayspod at gmail.com, and we will show you how to do that. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, and always on social media, let us know what you think about what we talked about today and what you'd like to hear about next week. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. Yes. So uh, until next week, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, remember to wear a mask, wash your hands, socially distance. The light is at the end of the tunnel. We're not quite there yet. So it's up to all of us to do our part to get to the finish line together. So yes. again, until next week, we love you. Bye. I don't think I've ever tried to sing our own theme song. <laughs> so I hope this is the same key too. Like this reminds me of Ellen with the cell phone. Yeah, and it's like it's higher and more. Anyway, sorry. Now this is for the end of the episode. <laughs>